Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb and Awful. This is Brett at Relentless Board. This is Rob on uh, Dumb and Awful on Twitter. And this is Nathan at Mark's Madness Pod. All right. I do want to start with uh, just a quick thing uh, on the weed side. Um, So we mentioned briefly, it'll be on our bonus that comes out sometime this week. It's just a ton of editing, so it's taking me a minute. Um, there is a yeah that makes sense. bill up in New York now for legal cannabis and Cuomo put a bunch of stuff in there that basically makes it even more illegal to possess if you're under 18 under the legal system than it is right now. As we take people out of the prisons for marijuana related offenses, it's important to replace them. Have to have the have to have the equation balanced on both ends. Exactly. Uh, and it's it's very clearly like a sop to the police. Um, and it's interesting because it seems like this is the route the Northeastern governors are going. I assume because this is the route the police unions in the Northeast are pushing. Because this is the same holdup in New Jersey is that Murphy at the final hour said, what if we raise the punishments on kids under 18 or under 21 who buy within the legal system? All the bills have been passed through the legislature and are sitting on Murphy's desk. He has another week and a half, two weeks to either fucking veto it or it goes to a pocket veto. And regardless, the state blames him, which I think he knows. Uh, so we'll see what he ends up doing. But that's the holdup right now in New Jersey is he's also trying to increase basically policing of black and brown kids. That's what this is going to do. And so Cuomo put out something that was an even more aggressive version of that, right? There's no fucking way it gets past the current New York legislature. Uh, not, not in that format. We'll see what happens on that front. But Illinois, which is one of the states that just passed pretty frequently, right? They just started their legal system last year, right? So they've had like one full calendar year. At the time, I said it was the best, is the best recreational marijuana uh, system that existed in the state because it was the only one that actually was trying to aggressively redistribute the tax made off of the legal weed into communities that had been policed and just basically oppressed for years and years under the drug war, right? So... This week was the first time they've actually released that money back, right? The first time they've actually taken the tax money and go like, okay, well, well now we're going to redistribute it to these communities. And most of it's going to um, like reducing violence in certain places. Reduce violence from that notoriously violent marijuana? Yeah. Well, no, no. The idea is it's going back into specific communities, right, that were tagged ah. within the law that had been over-policed, right? And supposedly... Okay these grants it's 31 million dollars this time right this is the lowest it'll ever be because it was the first year it's legalized so the tax money is going to violence prevention re-entry and development so it's a lot of it is ex-cons helping them get back in into society if which is good if it's actually like you know decars type stuff where it, yes. you know, it helps people get jobs helps and helps some of it is local out. government too to make sure they actually have the revenue to you know build parks and shit i just uh, violence prevention is one of those things that could also mean just like buying palantir sponsored gang databases you know yes well uh yeah fun story they did find a way to already make this corrupt as fuck so the largest grant went to an organization called emerald south development Corps uh, for youth and economic development and violence prevention on the south side headed by the head of the chicago police board there it is yep uh so the most money out of that grant program went to a literal fucking cop ran organization and the entire board is all people who are super politically connected. So they've already managed to turn the one good thing into a fucking patronage system to well-connected people and cops. 
even when they fucking legalize weed, even when they say you have to return that money to fucking black communities that have been destroyed, they still manage to find a way to return the money to cops. I really was afraid you were going to yell. You were going to say Rahm Emanuel just like directly like he was somehow now responsible for that. And I I'm not sure if cop union is better or worse in that. Instance, I mean, one of his it, former aides is part of the same group. So you if, know. if this yeah. was a Rahm Emanuel joint, it would actually be uh, somewhat encouraging because literally all of his creations last about two years before being <laughs> completely wiped out. Yeah, exactly. This is the first state that has tried to do that. Uh, take the taxes and return them to specific communities. And now we see exactly how that one goes awry, right? Yeah. It's still Illinois. Of course, they're going to be corrupt as fuck, but they, they've managed to not even do the thing. This is sort of what we talked about with the, the leadership episode, with uh, bonus episode we did with Graham a few weeks ago. It's They're not even the first time trying to put a, a good face on it and say like, no, these actually went to like needed projects. And then once you stop paying attention, then they start sliding the money off to their friends, right? They're like, right from the start, fuck you. This is only going right back into our pockets. We refuse to pretend otherwise. It's like the uh, Florida with the lottery, right? Yes. It's one of those things where it's supposed to go towards education. That's how it was sold however many years ago. But at this point, like, yeah, just ignore that and do whatever. That's sort of how our government works in general. Yeah, like but if, we, if we got go, a few years of them funding Bright Futures. Uh, yeah, that was good. Yeah, scholarships, which like that was nice. This, they're like, we're not even doing that. We're just going right back. <laughs> but, I mean, the thing is when when they just lie like that and spend the money on something else, it there's no check on that. No, there's nothing. Like there's, they, you can be like, hey, you're lying. You weren't supposed to. They're just going to do it. Exactly. It, it's very frustrating. Even when you think you have done the reformist action because the people who run the system are all corrupt, the reformist action still benefits them. It still redounds to their benefit. No matter how many layers of bureaucracy you put on it, it's just sort of the American system. So long as you follow the exact text and drive yourself through any of the giant loopholes around it, you are, everything is legal and it's fine, and that's not corruption at all. There's no bribery involved here. That's just how we do politics. It's depressing, like on the social democracy level. Like I get why it's alluring because in isolation, if you just go, okay, well, here is this spate of social programs that we're willing to fund through X revenue source. And isn't this good? And you're like, yeah, no, that 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 is definitely good. But all of it is just like trimming the the furthest branches of the superstructure. Mm -hmm. like, like everything is downstream to the central like capitalist ideology. So this stuff, it's like it's more like harm reduction. But yeah, this is what actual harm reduction on, on looks a, like on a yes. trend line that is uh, increasingly tilting towards harm. It's so depressing to think about. I get why a lot of people resist uh, going more left. Because if you say like, no, no, it's okay. We, we got this new, a non-for-profit collaborated with community organizations to do this thing that on paper is going to be good. Don't you want that? And it's like, yes, I, I, I'll vote for that. I'll use my vote, which is powerful to uh, affect this policy, which will be change. And that's a system working. And if you don't believe that, then what you have to believe is just so, so fucking bleak. Not bleak. It's just that the system must be destroyed. Yeah, well, it just cha <laughs> it, it changes uh, your perceived amount of power. Oh, yeah. And how yeah, much yes. you can, not just how yeah. much power you can uh, flex within the system, but how big the problem that you need to overcome is. You are both disempowered and the enemy is a million more HP. Oh, yeah. It's one of those <laughs> things where, like, you trade uh, mental clarity because... Uh, 
otherwise during the social democrat thing where you're constantly having to justify all these you know they're just oddities or like ways the system went wrong it's not intended to work this way and so you're in a constant state of justification it's always corruption becomes the enemy yeah exactly. oh well here we if, if we just had the good guys in then the money wouldn't have gone to the police, the fucking prison guards, the capital. That wouldn't have happened if we just didn't have a corrupt person. Exactly. So if you move left, you, you get rid of that and you get the mental clarity. But in return for the mental clarity, you get a lot of depression. Oh, oh yeah, baby. That's that's a full two scoops. Two scoops right in the morning. Right in my bowl. God, it's bad. Uh, but I mean... Just keep the Illinois thing in mind because uh, Cuomo's the main reason it hasn't passed in New York yet is because Cuomo wants the tax money to go into the general fund. He wants to have direct control of it, which means even this system Illinois has where there's like a step or two removed through which you have to launder the money to people. He's like, absolutely not. I should be able to directly hand it to whoever the fuck I want for whatever reasons I want. I shouldn't even have to like pretend to call it an economic development organization. Yeah, the thing that they, the thing that all the libertarians and everyone that was like trying to go, well, you just balance your budget with it. You just use it for all your budget shortfalls, regardless of what they are. And then everyone kind of acknowledged that that was probably a crappy way to do it when you're decriminalizing a thing that has fundamentally targeted a certain group of people with its uh, enforcement and mm -hmm. its imprisonment. And it's like, okay, so we finally got to this thing where it's like, all right, well, you, you probably should be doing good things with it. And man god bless new york y'all just y'all just do it different y'all just like no <laughs> screw that well i mean even the idea of balancing budgets is it's just like turtles on top of fucking turtles because if you live in say columbus ohio where the police budget is l literally two-thirds of the city's budget yeah. then the budget Holy you're balancing shit. is just making sure that everyone gets the new chargers and assault rifles <laughs> uh, out of the weed money for those departments like yeah exactly uh, a positive news on the weed side, though, Arizona is also one of the states that passed a ballot measure, but because they've had a very long medical program, they immediately transitioned. The recreational cannabis market is open in Arizona. You can go get legal weed now. So if you're in Arizona, enjoy. Heck yeah. How does, uh, how does Biden being president play into the legalization thing? Right now it doesn't because he's not going to do a fucking thing. Uh, we're basically in the same position we were in under Trump, which is he's not going to do anything to oppose it because there's a lot of money wrapped up in it right now. But he also doesn't want to be the guy who decrims or legalizes it. I recognize he promised that if you believed him, you're a fucking idiot. Um, sometimes I feel like I should be nicer about that. But literally his whole career was built on building on the drug war. So There, there has definitely been a shift in public perception, the sort of like Avengersization where it used to be, you know, the idea was politicians lie to you. Everyone knew that. Mm -hmm. Even when we didn't have all of these great communication networks that bring us all together so we could share information as everyday people. Like, obviously the politicians lie to you. If you really believed in a politician and then you got burned, like, people would just go, yeah, what are you, fucking stupid? It's <laughs> yeah, <that was laughs> so a politician. Do. They lie professionally. They're professional liars. That's like the, it's not even a hack joke. That is just the pat reality that everyone agrees on. Mm -hmm. And it's been interesting seeing uh, in like the, the discourse now, you know, on Facebook, Twitter, with your family, whatever, the amount of people that are just like, well, you know, the Biden, Biden is, you know, he's a good guy and he, he promised he'd get it done. So, you know, you have to believe him and, and just wait and see. And it's like, what, when did we get to the fact where a, we have to believe these guys yep. and B there's like a weird sort people actually seem to feel betrayed when they discover that the candidate doesn't do the things they said, like, but like, like it's like an intimate partner or someone like they actually feel like, well, I, 
we had a connect. I trusted people have implanted so much of their personhood and, uh, who they are like, like metaphysically, like who I am is someone who loves Joe Biden and supports this project. And since there's never any talk about policy, it's just like you're perpetually going to be disappointed. I mean, I think part of that it is... It really that, is like an abusive relationship. Oh, 100%. So many people are in with way. the Dem Party. I genuinely think a lot of that is the media pivot where they went from like at least pretending to occasionally be like, hey, did you even do the thing you said you were going to do? No, you didn't. Right? Like there was like a, uh, a little bit of a fetish to like kind of hold people accountable occasionally when they came on your, your evening show or when you did tough interviews with them, right? It never was all that like hard charging or anything, but there there was at least an attempt at that, right? A, a pretending that we're going to do some balance. But I think the response to Trump, uh, especially with the lib side, was to just go, well, why don't we just do that too? And then Bernie showed up and they went, no, we have to do that now because it's the only way we beat these people is we have to be marching in lockstep at all times. There is no criticism of Biden allowed anymore, right? Like none of that's allowed to flow up to what is the top of the fucking lib pyramid, which is just old boomers, right? Who run everything still because they will not fucking let go. I feel like people need to believe harder in order to ignore how bad things have gotten, right? You either, it, it's basically getting harder and harder to not look reality in the face. And the only, the only way to get away from it is to just double down in your fucking faith in this institution. No, well, that's, and that's kind of what my, it, it feels like this has got to be cyclical for like going back a long time because I'm reading... I'm listening to off and on the devil's chessboard because Bryn kept talking about it. So I figured I should read it and oh buddy. Oh, you want a book that's going to depress you. That, that is a, that is a solid depression book right there. Let me, let me say, um, <laughs> I'm good on books that there... depress me. I, I, <laughs> I, I, found oh, I thought I was I have too. the newspaper. Thank you. I very rarely have to like stop listening to a book because it's just giving me anxiety. And that book doesn't, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a, it takes a special kind of power through on that thing. They were talking about Nixon when he beat, uh, when he ran for his first uh, Republican Senate, like uh, not Senate race, a uh, house race mm -hmm. against the guy he beat. I didn't even realize I never, like, cause again, I'm dumb. I'm, I'm an idiot. I don't really pay attention to stuff, but the guy he beat was named what it was named Voorhees. It's not spelled the right way, but I always appreciate it when a politician has a serial killer name and still makes it. I think that's just overcoming. Um, <laughs> well, here's the thing. Uh, you don't have to, to love his personality, but on foreign policy, Quentin P. Ghostface is one of our best reps. <laughs> <laughs> just just got to love old old Leatherface down representing Texas's third district. Just really doing doing his doing his due diligence. But but it was I mean, it was He's the a, obvious. A it was brutal slasher of property taxes <laughs> can't believe you guys talk about john corn in this way <laughs> just i'm just i just love imagining lloyd doggett having to be opposed by just just a man in a leather face mask it's just i don't i don't know why but it, it does something to me just inside joe biden <laughs> joe biden is like the the pig saw killer just forcing more and more of the middle class into poverty and just being like in life you believed in means testing now, when you need to feed your family, you will have to navigate the New York State unemployment portal. <laughs> <laughs> you have one month. <laughs> oh, you're fucked. One month? You're fucked. <laughs> Just roll over and die right now. There's no way you're getting anything out of that fucking portal in a month. Oh. But it was just it's so it was so stark because, again, even even going back to that that point, it was Nixon running a race against the guy named Voorhees, who was ostensibly about as left as you get in in electoral politics i mean the guy was very he was like left of the new deal very 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 uh progressive very very into 
um, all, all of that kind of stuff back right when McCarthyism was starting to kick off. And they literally just beat him by making up the most insane lies in the history of time. And they called Nixon on it all the time. They're like, you don't actually think this, do you? And he's like, no, I wanted to win. What's wrong with you? Do you not know what game we're playing? Like, what's why, why would you tell the truth? That seems silly. The, the new White House uh, press secretary uh, is Jen Psaki, someone who, because uh, my life is weird, I have been following her career for probably over 15 years now. God, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, me too. She had her first meeting with the press, and uh, the first question she got asked by, again, the press at the White House, very prestigious, like this is you know, a, a line to the president, and the, the reporter asked, is this president going to give us uh, his version of reality, or will you only be telling the truth from that podium? And, and she was like, uh, oh. we'll just be telling the truth here. And it's like, first of all, that the whole that's not the point of having a press secretary. Like literally <laughs> her job, her job yeah. she we wouldn't need that job. We could just pump out the press releases directly. <laughs> the whole purpose of that is that when we do these terrible fucking decisions that that kill people, someone gets up there to lie to the American public and to the reporters to make us all feel fine continuing to like buy GameStop stock or whatever the fuck and just continue oh. on with our day. Jen Psaki at, at the State Department was famous where Matt Lee, again, a great uh, foreign affairs reporter, would just sit in the front row, never shower or shave, eating a tub of popcorn. I imagine he walked over from like the, the lunch matinee uh, movie theater, just going like, okay, so when you violently overthrow someone else's government and choose someone else, is that a coup? And she just would not say coup. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's someone that like just lied for American imperialism, brutally, with real consequences, every day for years under Victoria Newland, uh, through the Ukraine thing, all that. And these guys were there. Like, the reporters were there. And so to see her show up as the new press sec and just get a question, she must, she probably shitting herself. She can't believe her luck. Like, she spent <laughs> all this time becoming the Jessica Chastain flack from the movie, and now you don't have to do anything. They'll just believe anything you say. It's like she's in a the Ricky Gervais uh, Power of Lying movie where, where she can just say whatever and people will just pick it up. The bar is just so depressingly low at this point that it's like things that even could have gotten flack years ago. It feels like it's going to be a long time before we're able to hold anything that wasn't Trump to any kind of rigorous account. It's just we're done with the dumb assumption. Like... Those reporters, the media, they were in the room previously. They, they're not, nobody is so dumb that they believe that politicians and press secretaries exist to give you the total unvarnished truth. Like, nobody yeah. believes that. The reporters in that room can't believe that. So when they open up with, like, as press secretary, you will only be telling us the absolute truth finally. And, and she's like, yes, and everyone stands up and applauds. That is, like, actual North korea propaganda style shit oh, like that yeah. is full brainwashing that the media is just in on at this point it's like you said the more you look at reality the the more uh terrifying it becomes i think even the neoliberals and the capitalists and and the people they're just fully solipsistic i think everyone has done that and this is just they're out they're just yeah. like yeah fuck it my industry's destroyed too so uh i'm just gonna loot the plane midair there is a fun like question mark for this for for the stuff for me where 
yeah, playing the like, oh, he's not Trump, he's automatically better card. Yeah, maybe you can get away with that for a month or two. But your ratings start to tank after a little bit if everything is demonstrably, objectively terrible for regular people and you keep saying the president's doing a great job. It's sort of like the their own fucking obsession with the 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 need to turn a profit and get new viewers and all that other stuff is going to provide a lot of pressure for them to do anything to get eyeballs and parroting pleasantries about how great shit is while homelessness goes up and unemployment goes up and the plague carries on is not it. Like, I'm just very curious to see which of the main networks breaks first on that one. Like on a novelty programming level. Yeah. Like you just, you people can't do just it. It don't want to watch. People don't want to watch the same like Joe Biden is the strongest man. It also just doesn't play. If we're in month two or three and nothing has gotten better and everything is still awful, you, you literally cannot sell that. Right. Like we've already passed the point at which like it's a ridiculous sales pitch. But right now they're going with he just started. You got to give him a chance. You got to give him a chance. He's going to do it. We promise he's going to do it. You got to give him a chance. I think people have to wash some of the old habits off, too. Like I've seen people today just going like, well, Joe would get the two thousand dollar checks out. But Mitch McConnell's in there. And it's just like, no, that. They have total control. Yeah, they have total control of everything. Yeah, they run everything, guys. (laughs) Uh, Because people just reflexively, you know, uh, it's that fucking masturbatory libidinal release of going on and and regurgitating one of 10 DNC talking points for like the last two years. And now all the dynamics have changed. And it's just like, oh, this game is less fun than the one I was playing where I was like a, a holy crusader using my righteous sword of, of Bernie wants to give everyone a pony and and uh we can't afford health care like now i have to yep now i have to like shift it up and for me to shift it up i have to like look at the news and the news makes me feel bad so i I told you them holding all three was going to be the worst thing that happened to them and i think we all (laughs) we all know like i think i don't think it's a controversial point at this point that like the way the democratic party prefers to operate is as the party not in power like they don't enjoy it they hate it. The Republicans love it because they're they they don't have a problem. Their agenda is perfectly in line with what they actually want to do almost all the time. Yeah, there's a bipartisan consensus want. on most policy. Yes, and yeah. and the little fringes at the end that that little like five percent where they differ, uh, it's a meaningful difference in term of in terms of like the the allocation of capital internationally and domestically. Like they, there's very deep wonky uh, ideological schisms on like fiscal policy and shit but for the most part no what's good for one is good for the other and they're all Mm -hmm. still getting rich so like we're not going to go too fucking hard on these little divisions we have but the democrats have real dissonance between what they say they want to do and what they actually want to do so whenever they're actually like feet to the fire it's time to go boys um they 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 don't know what they they panic like they have to come up with some excuse for why they can't do it and it always seems to be that excuse is either an economic collapse of some sort, which they conveniently have right now, which will be con- which will be great for them, or they're going to have it at some level at some point here sooner rather than later, probably. That dynamic seems to be shifting a little bit, though, just with uh, a how fucking Avengers-ized everyone is, where it's amount of hero worship, where normally the Dems have to panic and give an explanation for why they're failing, but fewer people are even asking for an explanation as of right now, yeah. uh, and also. Even when they have fucked up, they can avoid, let's say people are asking, right, like at home or online. If you have the media so captured, you just don't talk about it. It's like the checks going out the door now or or the kids in cages. The media just 
that's not the story. The story is, you know, Biden's got new dogs or whatever. Yeah, the and, problem they have is uh, that's just it just doesn't play. But anymore. that also makes people check out like you can do that. But now you are you are balancing protecting the political parties that sponsor you and that share your yeah, like yeah. corporate donors, literally versus keeping eyeballs enough for your own bottom line. Oh, speaking of, uh, I was going to hit the um, some of his executive orders real fast. So you guys have a sense. So. It's very clear Biden came in, right, and went like, things are really bad. We got to fucking like dial this up to 10. But what they dialed up to 10 is just normal technocratic shit. I've seen some executive orders that are like instructing an agency to consider the reevaluation of the optimization of uh, protocols regarding heuristic advanced artificial intelligence learning on gang profile databases. And you're like, what on earth does this actually do? Yeah. So first we have uh, he froze rules passed in the final days of Trump presidency. Great. Uh, rejoining Paris Agreement. Great. That's a good thing. Yeah, and it doesn't affect fine. anything on the climate change front. Sadly, yeah. guys, it's a, it's sort of meaningless, but like, cool. That's okay. one of those things, like, again, like we're talking about with the, the weed going to uh, supposedly helpful reforms. It's like, yeah, I'd rather be in the, the Paris Climate Accord than not. I don't think it's going to do anything meaningful <laughs> no, exactly uh executive order to promote racial equity you go like that sounds good okay. what does that mean uh ordered the government to conduct equity assessments of the agencies and reallocate resources to quote advance equity for all including people of color and others who have been historically under underserved racial equity adversely. is now an e5 like, yes. racial equity can finally get that mortgage and buy a charger <laughs> basically but it's also just like within the agencies just take a look and see what you guys are doing with your resources that that's all that is uh, which like cool maybe there'll be some good things but that's totally dependent on each agency that that is yeah. absolutely nothing because going to an agency and saying hey um can you guys check to make sure you aren't using american resources to do anything racist or exploitive that agency is going to say no like yeah. not not even <laughs> on a lying level i mean like if you asked ice like is do anything racist they'd be like no no of course not we're just doing what we're supposed <laughs> like, to yeah what, what are you they're yeah. just self-certifying yeah exactly uh in the Muslim ban, that's a good one. Yeah. That's objectively good. Executive order requiring mask wearing, but only on federal property. Because that's the, the limit, uh, the extent of his uh, fucking... They, this is a thing that they've negotiated back. He went from, I want to do a national mask mandate to, oh shit, I can't actually get away with that because I'm afraid the courts might strike it down. And instead of doing it and just having it existing for a few months, because like I think it's important, uh, we'll just go ahead and negotiate down ourselves and say, like I guess, on federal property. Sure. And then you've got the, didn't they, was was it an executive order for Keystone XL to revoke that uh, permit? Yes. Okay. Uh, refocusing climate crisis, canceling Keystone XL permit. Yes. Is that is that going to actually just be good? Because like, I've been following Keystone for long enough that I just feel like there's never, it, it's not often you just get like, this is sweet, good news. Yeah, that one's good. Uh, Thus far, in case you're tracking, the objectively good ones are the ones that are just directly rolling back a Trump thing, right? Anything he's doing on his own, uh, which, like, you know, I'll highlight here, those tend to be just kind of blah. But the Trump ones that he's rolling back, yeah, those are objectively good. Because this one also, the Keystone, also um, restores a bunch of the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge that had been reduced under Trump. They just went like, whatever they were. It, he's literally just going, what was it at Obama? That's that's what I want the the default to be again. Right. So basically what Trump did to Obama, he's doing back a very efficient system of government. We just go back and forth each time. Every, every, every four or eight years. I'm glad they aren't installing an oil derrick on Denali 
Yes, that's yes. good. No, that's objectively, objectively good. good. Uh, uh, an order incorporating undocumented immigrants into the census. Again, that's a rollback of a Trump policy. Revising immigration enforcement policies, revoking a Trump era policy, a crackdown on community. By, by the way, not enough people uh, recognize how fucked the Trump running the census was. Oh yeah, that was it, really bad. <laughs> br brilliant, brilliant political move, right? I, I organized with the census. I was a little team leader. Uh, if you were in New Orleans in the last census, you probably saw me or my guys uh, in your courtyard being threatened by your neighbor with a handgun. Um, <laughs> That, that one was wild. I don't know how a post office... Actually, I do. There's a reason post office uh, workers are so friendly. It's because if someone doesn't recognize you and you have to actually enter their yard and walk up to their door to drop off a, a parcel or a page, my God, is that a terrifying walk. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, the postal guys look like motherfucking postal guys. So when they come up, it's like, hey, check out my hat and my little blue shorts. You know me. Everyone knows me. Don't sick your dog on me. Census workers do not have that benefit. But one of the things about essentially uh, scaring undocumented people into not participating in the census is that you know, a, a lot of the places where you see more immigration or you see, uh, you know, large populations that needs to be accounted for and funded properly by the federal government. If you try to ba basically make it frightening for immigrants to take part in the census, you are actually undercounting uh, the amount of people and thus the amount of resources appropriate to those metro areas that are like, you know, generally trying to be more progressive at least nominally, yeah, you know the 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 Democrat strongholds, and it allows people that like would never have a problem with uh, voter ID laws out in the Midwest or in these deeply red places. They all get counted just fine, of course. Yeah. So it's just just another way, like the you know, like the courts yeah. or, or gerrymander. It's, it's another way that uh, we can just increase the the power of our white supremacist political project fun fact that's why they put the prisons in sparse uh completely conservative counties both to keep them away from the cities because nimby bullshit and also because all those prisoners get to count on the census for those regions that very seems, cool that seems rational that seems good yeah no right yeah so i'm oh, look i'm i'm glad uh biden uh, reverted the census back to the way it was before in 10 years uh, I look forward to that being also overturned. Yeah, exactly. So uh, let's see. He also got a basically formed a new COVID response coordinator position, which like, all right, sure. Isn't he opening everything up? Hold on. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. God, no. Scrapped a bunch of other Trump things. Um, listen, listen, Jack, I got the scientists and I talked to them about the COVID and they, they I'll be honest with you. All right. They were saying some real gay shit. So we're not going to listen to them anymore. Oh, ex extended a bunch of uh, federal non-discrimination protections to LGBTQ community. That's objectively good. That's just a good thing. Um, like, full stop, that's just a good thing. Some of that is stuff that Trump rolled back. He also extended things slightly. So that is literally the incrementalism people talk about. That's it. That's the one. Didn't they reverse the trans ban on the military? He did. He did reverse trans ban on the military, which is also good. But uh, the reason why that's good is because it's one of the only jobs programs... Well, I mean, it is the only jobs program in the country, and it's one of the few places trans people can get jobs consistently. And it used to actually pay for health care for trans folk. So there was a pretty decent trans community in the military, just like there's a pretty decent-sized gay community in the military because if you have shitty parents who force you out when they find out, the military will take you in. 
hard to be like celebratory about that one. Like, yeah. yay, they, they can be they can be consumed again by the yeah. imperial machine. Uh, a mildly uh, a mildly good opportunity for people who are unsafe and exploited. Uh, basically literally everywhere else in America, you can now uh, risk your life and, and your health uh, doing imperialism. That's yep. It's fucking rough. It's not, not a great deal. Yep. You know, it's not a deal you're thrilled to sign, but you know, now that's an option to escape you know, your, your shitty hometown. So we also got pulled funds from the border wall, did a mandatory ethics pledge, which just, yes, Biden saying you guys got to be ethical. That's, mm, yeah, let me, let me get more of that shit. I love a pledge. That's great. <laughs> Continued the pause on federal student loans, which uh, I, I discovered literally everyone in the comments of these articles didn't realize was a thing that Trump started. So it's just a continuation of a Trump policy. That is that's great telling on yourself. It's you know being the sort of online and and financially comfortable like liberal or leftist that that does not realize that the only way some people have been surviving has been those Trump student loan deferments. Yep, like. At, I have a wage garnishment. I know a lot of other people that do as well from the student loans. And like the only way me and Brett have survived is because uh, Trump put a pause on the, again, the Biden garnishments. The reason you cannot discharge your student loans in bankruptcy, the reason uh, my paychecks are garnished. I'm lucky to even have a paycheck right now. A lot of people don't, but uh, the reason it's garnished is because Biden wanted to do a favor to his Delaware banking buddies. Yep. It's just like Biden probably personally fucks you. Like he he put he kept your uncle in fucking prison. Yes, fucking he did. Every two <laughs> weeks he literally steals from me. And it's all for exactly the people uh, and the entities, the special interest groups, the banks that the people that most vociferously support him act like he's going to take on. Uh yeah, that th thanks for extending the the Trump deferment, Biden. But uh that's like you saying, like, isn't it great? I'm not hitting you for a couple minutes. It's like, yeah. I, yeah, cool. Thanks, yeah, bro. I look forward to you restarting that in six months. Uh, strengthen DACA, which is good, but also DACA is always a temporary fix because they can't actually figure out what they what want to do. What kind of space marine are you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's who says DACA, right? In, in Warhammer? Pretty sure. It's like several thousand listeners right now just going like no those are the space orcs <laughs> you don't know anything about warhammer i fucking hate this guy <laughs> let's see we also got uh you got to wear a mask while you're on a plane um expanding access to covid19 treatments which okay that seems like yep. pretty normal stuff data-driven response to covid19 like that's fucking meaningless you can use the National Guard in COVID-19 response, which, like, that's objectively good. That's what they should have been fucking doing I the whole time. I wish we just went back to fucking having, like, a, a gleaming orb that had the answers. <laughs> like, that's just as valid as, like, you know, fucking kill a quail and, and, and rub its blood over your forehead and then walk nude into the darkest forest at night. And there you'll find a man in wolf pelts that'll show you a, a glimmering onyx uh, orb and then he'll say, this is data. It'll be guiding us going forward. And then you just do whatever do whatever that guy says, I guess. Uh, that's, the, that's their dream. Oh, it's data-driven now. Oh, good, good. Uh, he, had a, he had a public health supply chain one, which was basically just like, yo, if you're running a department, will you let me know what the PPE situation is like? Uh <laughs> Li Libs could just add it. They should just add words to shit because no one, people just want to, if they just said we're, we are 
promoting Hamilton infused supply chains, people would be like, that's why he's my president. Yeah, exactly. Period. <laughs> Uh, a COVID-19 health equity task force because to address oh, the yeah. social iniquities in the response, which like, yeah, okay, the task force will do stuff. That's a group you can join in Disco Elysium. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a real real thing. We got, a, we got a pandemic testing board to coordinate national efforts to promote diagnostic screening and surveillance testing. All right, yeah, that, that seems like pretty basic stuff. Uh, promote workplace safety, which is, again, just saying Department of Labor. Yeah, okay. Let's put on new rules. Here's the good one. Uh, reopen the schools. There it is. Develop guidance for when, or, when to uh, open, and basically he wants them open for sure within 100 days. Yeah, I hope that guidance we develop uh, completely dovetails with what he wants for his biggest economic donors. <laughs> I hope that's where the guidance lands. But we have look, we have to we have to create the guidance first and see. We were we were talking about this on the show the other night, and uh, I I think I can't be the only one that's realized this. A hundred days from now is like when almost all schools are letting out for the summer. Let's see. Yeah, no, it's pretty close. All all he has to say is like by next fall, let's have things fixed, right? Let's not worry yeah. about this next semester. That's... But they can't do that. They're 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 basically going to try to force people to come back in. And again opened by 100 days they they want most of them opened by like april Before i mean that, yeah. i think he knows uh, this is that awful thing not dumb right i mean i don't think he can even be dumb at this point like the the, the constituent neurons that that comprise <laughs> the person of joe biden have been so reconfigured now that it uh i imagine they've taken a look at the facts and the figures and gone okay um Fucking Tesla is worth like $800 now. We've only survived economic collapse because we've been pumping infinite money into the stock market directly oh, through yeah. like every source possible. So uh, yeah, get that shit open now. I don't care how many people have to die. The economy is going to fucking explode if we don't do this. Like I, I literally think the people at the upper level have done the calculus and gone, if the economy explodes, it'll be worse long term. Then, however many people die in a pandemic, that you know, who can really control it? It's it's yep. it's wildfire, right? It's it's natural. Yep. It's going to happen. Uh, but protecting our economy is protecting this country and its citizens. And I think there's people like Obama brain that just capitalist realists themselves into believing that is in fact the moral choice. And everyone critiquing him for this stuff just is not smart enough to do morality at their level. A hundred percent. All right, we got a few more. Uh, expanding SNAP, where you go like, oh, that seems good. It is asking the Department of Ag to change its rules so that states are allowed to increase their SNAP by 15%. You see how this thing's way less exciting wow. than just expanding SNAP? No. What a procedural victory. Fun time. Just It's SNAP. SNAP rules. SNAP is the only reason a lot of people, including me, are alive. You should fucking just put money in it. It's not fucking hard. So basically every no, state, every red state is going to just do nothing with it. Yes, that's that is exactly what's going to happen. Anything where they kick it to the states means it. One, it's fucking stupid because then that's no longer a national guidance. You're just allowing people to pick and choose. Like the point of the federal system is you should be raising the floor on the states, right, yes. at all times. And this does not do that. So one of the things that's included in this that is good is increasing the amount of money that's give it, that goes into giving students food. Right, which is the thing we have to do now because most schools were the primary source of food for a lot of kids. Yeah, yeah, because fifteen to twenty percent of New York City public school students are literally homeless. Yes, yep. You, but, you, you'd you'd yeah. see lines outside of the schools here in New York, and you're just like, oh, is our schools uh, starting up again? No, it's just 
this is where the kids have to go to get lunch because we're all too fucking living in squalor in this city. That's right. Like, even if they aren't actually teaching in person, they have to show up to get, like, the Cisco macaroni and cheese so they don't die of starvation. We turn schools into bread lines. That's that's not dark or anything like that. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. No. Okay, so they also have, there's another two COVID ones, a benefit delivery team uh, establishment, which that's just fucking gobbledygook and it means nothing. They come over and, and fuck you. <laughs> it's, the, it's the friends with benefits team. They come over and they just suck and fuck the hell out of you for Joe Biden. Can they give me the vaccine at the same time? I'll, I'll be honest. I'll give them a look in uh, 2024. <laughs> uh, another one asking the government departments uh, to see if they've got anything they can do to help with the COVID economic relief. But then we get into more interesting ones here. Facilitating delivery of stimulus payments. Basically, a lot of people didn't get the stimulus they were owed because our system is dog shit. And so the solution to that is to set up an online portal. Everything you just said could also be a product review for the WeVibe too. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, they're going to set up an online portal to help you uh, fucking find your money that the government owes you, which like, Godspeed. Guaranteeing, this one was actually good, guaranteeing unemployment for people who refuse to work due to COVID. I like that. Uh, Basically, you still... I have a feeling this is not going to be a great program. One, you first have to recognize that our system was so horrifying. If you said, I don't want to go to work because I'll just get exposed to COVID and possibly die, you didn't get unemployment, right? Like that was the current system we were operating under. This is saying you still do, which fun question for you. Do you think that applies to teachers when they're forced to go back to school? Because my bet is no. I would bet that it does not. not. Yeah, because there's a little wiggle room in how they worded it where, like, it has to be, you know what I mean? Like, somebody gets to identify whether or not it's actually risky. Mm-hmm. So that that's the devil in the details on this one is at some point, someone has to actually say, like, it it did jeopardize their health. Assisting veterans with debt. Apparently, there's a bunch of federal debt on about 2 million veterans that they chased them down on. They didn't wipe it out or anything. They just froze it. Cool. Neat. That's one of those where, like... <laughs> Like most things, you could wipe that out, and it's such a tiny amount of money, it's meaningless. But now a bunch of veterans love you forever. <laughs> like yeah, this is what I mean, though. Like they they don't need the veteran love because uh, they don't need that constituency as long as they have the donors and and the media. Well, this is what's so frustrating is when people are like, you know, he's doing all he can. It's objectively not true. He could, you know, he could wipe out all student debt very very simply, right? But just the veteran one, that's a gimme. Why would you freeze it? You can just erase it. Yeah, you can just go, boop, gone. You are, you're choosing every day to keep that on the books in the off chance it might turn into uh, an actual realized asset for the banks that are holding on to that. Yeah, I've got, I've got four or five more, and part of the reason I want to go through all these is so you know what is not in there. So there's no like, oh, Brett just went by it. Like, no, we're fucking, I'm hitting each of these so you understand the stuff that he did not do, right? Uh, one Another good one that he did put in there, federal minimum wage for just federal workers goes up to $15, which is like, great. Uh, that's another one where it's not automatic. Department of Labor is requested to do a thing. But like, yes, that is an objectively good one. Reinstating COVID travel restrictions. Yes, that's a good one. Uh, promoting Buy American agenda. Can anyone define to me why that is different from Donald Trump's American first economic agenda? Oh, it's like Trump's only uh, you cuff your jeans and like show tunes. (laughs) (laughs) It's economic nationalism. It's the exact same shit Trump was pushing. You you work your sexuality into every five tweets so people know. (laughs) Uh, 
Joe, Joe Biden's going to make, he's going to put Lana Del Rey fan cams in everybody's inbox. And reliance on private prisons. That's a good one. This is an Obama one that got rolled back by Trump where they said, just stop renewing contracts. Not cut them, just in the future, don't renew them. Federal it. contracts. Federal right. private prison contracts, yes. Which is not the vast majority of private prisons, but nonetheless, that's a good thing. Private prisons shouldn't exist, period. Reevaluate Trump's housing policies. Okay, that's meaningless. Reaffirm commitment to tribal sovereignty. Meaningless. Uh, denouncing anti-Asian discrimination. Meaningless. That's a great. That's a great executive order. Just being like, I am denouncing one type of racism. <laughs> no, no forthcoming executive order on the rest. Does that basically just mean they're <laughs> going to stop calling it the China virus? Is that basically all that executive order does? Yes, that is. We won't have to hear Wuhan flu. Yeah, one would hope. But so if that's what he's done, what hasn't he done? Not a goddamn thing on student debt. Again, the federal government owns, I think it's 98%, 92% of all student loan debt. He, by himself, with zero acts of Congress, could wipe it out overnight. He is, or wipe out half of it overnight. He is more than any living human responsible for that total being what it is. Yes. That accumulation is literally because of Joe Biden. Like, it is his fault. This isn't like, oh, we got to figure out a solution. You made this crisis personally. You put a, you put everyone into this fucking level of debt, like the the soaring tuition. That's all you. Like, don't act like this is a hard choice, and we need to be reasonable about it. You fucked up. One hundred percent. He hasn't done anything on cannabis, as we mentioned. Fuck all. Again, he promised to deschedule or decriminalize. He can do that instantaneously by himself with zero input from anybody else. Take five minutes. Yep, that one's incredibly easy. You do it overnight. Uh, hasn't done a fucking thing about. The literal concentration camps we have. Yeah. Not a goddamn thing. That was that was going to be a day one was the promise. Day one, we'll take care of that. Not, not a peep. Didn't hear anything about kids. And, and I've had people throw the DACA order at me and say, like, see, he's working on it. Like, DACA is not child concentration camps. A couple quick corrections. I've looked it up. Uh, it's Warhammer 40K, not 30K. <laughs> oh, no. There's 10 more, I guess 10,000 more Ks in the title. And it's DACA DACA is what the orcs say when they use their shootas. Oh, nice. Yeah, so. Duly noted. Yep. File that one away. I, I, li I like I like thinking about Warhammer, a tabletop miniature painting uh, simulator that I don't even play uh, every time I hear DACA because it's less depressing and cringe than our actual fucking immigration <laughs> policy <laughs> history in America. Correct. So I, I think I, I can be excused on that one. Yeah, hasn't anything about immigration, student debt, cannabis, Hasn't done anything on climate change other than the Paris Climate Accords, which I'm sorry is insufficient. Uh, I'm not sorry. That's just insufficient. Uh, it's purity testing, Brett. Why is it? Uh, why is it when we do a good thing, it's not? Why can't you appreciate it? Because the standard is not do a small thing and make people feel good. The standard is do things so that we don't die. Yeah, but I'm not going to die anyway. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm rich and comfortable, and I'll live forever. Good for you, Rob. I'm happy for you. <laughs> i mean that's our ruling class right we also didn't get anything about the cops in there did we yeah so all the protesting and riots and the president's got fuck all to no they got i saw they got snuck uh some additional funding did they? <laughs> yeah one of the one of the executive orders oh the cops got more money that's okay i'm glad for the cops then i'm glad they got helped out here somehow uh in, in, increasing by some percent so we can allow more you know fifty thousand uh, dollar ahead iab uh, implicit association bias training 
you know that shit that yeah. does uh, less than reading white fragility <laughs> turns out that'll completely overhaul the warrior cop uh spartan military punisher logo don't tread on me uh dipshit culture that permeates every aspect of our uh you know it absolutely domestic will. death squads <laughs> uh and also, obviously, not anything about new stimulus because that has to go through Congress. Uh, but where he currently stands is he promised 2000 would go out the door immediately if you elected Ossoff and Warnock. Then he said it's 1400 which will go out the door immediately now that we're in power. And now it's 1400 but I'm open negotiating down how many people actually are allowed to get that amount. Please, Republicans, come to the table. That's where we're at on stimulus. Uh, and everybody within the process is saying March at the absolute earliest. The cool thing is that the people that starve to death or don't make it until March or, uh, you know, commit murder, suicide on their family because of the amount of shame they feel about being unable to put food on their plates and, and watching their perceived uh, professional failures cause pain to the people they love the most. All those people outside of me mentioning them right now, they'll be they'll be dead by March and then we won't have to think about them. They'll just become invisible. They won't have a voice anymore. Not that they ever did. And then people can be like, yes, this is a real president bitch on Twitter. <laughs> that does seem to be the plan. This will be what politics looks like in the country. So this is all super depressing, which I recognize, but I want to hit this first because there are hilarious good things happening, um, which I want to talk about now, the GameStop stuff. Yeah, you guys, you guys know the money numbers, right? You guys look at a Bloomberg terminal and get rock hard. <laughs> yes, every every fucking day I wake up, yep. I slam two Red Bulls, and then I look at the stock ticker. Line go up. I, that's all I know. That's that's the extent of my knowledge. <laughs> uh, so the short story, if people are is is cat person. Short story, if people hear about like something with GameStop and the stock market, about is, a woman who goes on a date with a guy who tries to explain why GameStop is now valued at four hundred dollars or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the short story is regular people figured out a way to fuck over the rich by buying stocks, which like, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. I'm into this. Yeah, they fi they figure that shit out in the French Revolution too. You need like two slabs of wood and some iron <laughs> and that fucks them over real hard listen this is early days still uh but so the, the slightly longer story is within the market you can buy you can sell right people know that you buy a stock you sell a stock there's also a thing called shorting right which is basically you're just betting the stock will go down right you're betting the stock will go down you don't currently own it you're just betting it'll go down and you're picking it up at that lower price. If it doesn't go down, you're out a fuckload of money. Yeah. Could could we just play the 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 scene from Trading Places where Dan Aykroyd explains this to Eddie Murphy? <laughs> <laughs> um, it made sense then, you know, in the in the movie where a, a gorilla rapes a man in a gorilla suit as a laugh line. <laughs> oh the '80s were a different time. Yeah, they, they really were. went for it there. <laughs> That's normal shorting. It happens a lot. Uh, what happens a lot more frequently these days is a type of shorting in which institutional investors look at a stock. By institutional investors, I'm saying super fucking rich people in hedge funds. They look at certain companies that they're high frequency trading. Uh, I, I live across the river from the stock market. Yes, BlackRock, stuff like that. We, we all have algorithms that just dictate what the market's doing and it's a black box sort of thing. Yeah. One of the big things most of these big investors short is just companies that you expect to die anyway. So like think blockbuster a few years ago, like, yeah, everybody knows that one's dying. So they short it. 
because they know the stock's going to go down and they're going to make money off of the difference. Does that actually accelerate the closing of these places? Like when someone shorts it, what does that mean for the actual business? In a system working the way they, they claim it works, it wouldn't make much difference. What they actually do is they try to aggressively short it before it's actually fully dead in order to push it over the cliff. So that that is what occurs normally these days, is they go, hey, Dillard's is about to go under. If we short the stock enough, it's going to look like the company is fucking dead right now and will make a killing faster. You're just basically saying like they're teetering on the edge. Let, them, let me give them one good kick here. So like when they go there quarterly, the CEO has to go like, yeah, our stock market is lower. Or yeah, we're a fucking penny stock. Now. Our, our valuation is dog shit now. We haven't changed the way we're doing things at all. What we thought was doing a decent recovery, but uh, consumer confidence is, I guess, not there. Yeah, since we're declaring the, bankruptcy. The market is completely turned against us. So uh, fuck. Yeah, they're trying to force them to bankruptcy faster, basically. Maybe six months faster, maybe a year faster. And if we're saying, hey, maybe that means some of these companies might have turned it around. Yeah, that's possible. There's a good chance they're fucking over companies that could have turned things around. You never know. But that happens more frequently. And sometimes they get extra aggressive and they actually short more stock than actually exist. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Nathan, explain that to me. I have no I, I have no earthly idea. I really I as far as I know, it's voodoo magic. So there's this thing called naked shorting in which you don't actually own the stock. And the stock also smells like patchouli and, and <laughs> makes you a smoothie in the morning with both honey and kale. Great finger game. <laughs> if that, if By the way, if that sounds super fucking illegal, they're shorting things they don't own just to make money off of it. It is. That's incredibly illegal. The SEC is opposed Wait, to Wait, how it. is it illegal? You just short the... Isn't that how it works? You say, I'm going to sell this stock at this price. I'm going to buy it later. Don't worry about it's it. It's not illegal. It's just very, 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 <laughs> very risky. Um, it's, it's, it's one of No, naked shorting is illegal. Are you sure? I'm 100% sure. They do not enforce it, though. So basically where we've gotten to with the GameStop thing is a bunch of institutional money has gotten tied up in shorting these dead or dying stocks, right? And they're doing the naked shorts. And so a bunch of gamblers, which is basically what this Reddit is, this Wall Street Bets Reddit, it's just a bunch of regular people who fucking gamble on the stock market. It's been around for a while. There's a lot of internet forums like this. Uh, it's become a pretty common thing. Normal people broadly, right? I'm, I'm painting with a broad brush here. They're not millionaires. They're definitely not billionaires. They don't work in finance usually. And again, they're fucking gamblers. They realize that with enough crowding into these stocks that are being shorted, you could force what is called a short squeeze. Basically, uh, short squeeze is where the price of a stock rapidly increases because of things like market manipulation. So in this case, what's going on is the, they put the price up enough that all the people shorting it were forced to cover, i.e. they were forced to actually like mark down their losses and buy the stock at whatever price it's at, right? They're forced to liquidate their positions which just makes the stock price go up further, which means more people shorting it are forced to liquidate their positions, making the stock price go up further again. And because there's a bunch of naked shorting where there are more shorts than there are actual stocks that exist, it just creates an insane acceleration on the stock price. So if I'm understanding it, uh, the situation is that in institutional investors were raiding spots like GameStop that feel like they're on their way out. Mm -hmm brick and mortar retail like you know it easy short so they buy it at i'm making this up 
or, or so they agree to sell. They put in a bunch of sell orders at like a hundred, and that way they know when the business fails, they can buy it all up at like ten to make up for those sell orders. So the sell orders they're still going out at a hundred. Those saps have picked it up, and now we can just. Uh, cover the purchase by buying them all up at 10. Buy low, sell high, you just did the sell high first. But now, uh, so many people are buying into GameStop for some reason that it is actually pumping the price up past 100 to like, you know, two, we'll say 200. And so all of those institutional short sellers that already agreed to sell at 200, all these big hedge funds, these like, genius guys that convince you that only their uh, billion style big brain expertise is what can give you the edge and that you shouldn't just dump your money in a Vanguard fund, uh, assuming you have money. All these guys are now in a situation where they've sold at 100 and now they're having to recoup and make the buy at what, like 200 or something? So they're actually taking huge L's on every single cover they have to make now. Yeah. The easier That's way right. Of, is that right? That's yes, as yes, yes. simple as the, I can the, understand the, it. The, the, like, the simpler way of like summarizing all this up is a group of gamblers realize if they organize themselves, they can market manipulate against the hedge funds who are already doing market manipulation. Because it sounds like it cascades then. It like, does. Like once it starts going higher, <laughs> it does. once it starts going higher, the hedge funds are just like, well, if we're getting fucked here, we need to like eat yeah. these losses sooner rather than later. And every day they don't, it goes higher and higher. Yeah. So it's triggering more and more of them to have to put in the buy orders, which is coming in next to the buy orders of the main street traders, yeah. which is making it going even higher, which is bringing more hedge funds yes. to have to sell. So there's, so there's a, uh, Oh, the U S government's going to step in on this for so, sure. Right. So, <laughs> so basically they, they weaponize it. This they're basically doing like a DDoS attack is, is essentially how they've started doing this stuff. And they have pumped up the price of GameStop, right? Which is hard to do. It's hard to keep it pumped because that means none of them are selling either. Right. Like they bought in at like $10 and the price got up to like a hundred and, Fuck, I think it hit 170 today yeah. in aftermarket trading, which like you you just made a killing. A bunch of them made a killing off of that. But a lot of them are holding because people have said, here are the price that we have to hit to force this hedge fund out entirely. So they're entirely liquidated. They're fucked. They go under. Oh, right? so they're looking at the hedge fund like a vampire <laughs> looking at like a, a blood sack. They're just like, or, or it's like, a, you know, when, when a rare spawn in a game starts glitching and keeps spawning one after the next you're just like i don't know why this is happening but i'm pretty sure there's still blood left in the stone yes so nobody wants to give up their position if they can actually if they suspect i don't know is this stuff public that hedge funds still haven't been fully depleted of the amount oh, of no. sell orders on their books you can actually uh like reverse engineer what exactly the price you have to hit to destroy a hedge fund on this stuff because the buy and sell orders are public so people have been doing that. Some of the like bigger nerds within the subreddit have done that and said, like, here's the number we have to hit. I realize this all seems highfalutin, but the the short story is people organized and they figured out a way to fuck over hedge funds, to run individual hedge fund hedge funds out of business. And they're starting that the the main place they started was with GameStop, partly because they're online nerds, so they were pissed that they were trying to run GameStop out of business early. Because GameStop did just make a bunch of like new moves at the top. They hired a bunch of new people that you're like, actually, some of these people have turned companies around before. People want to believe GameStop will exist at the end of this. Also, oh, yeah. I imagine there's some crossover between uh, these home investors and people who have fond memories of working at, at GameStop and, and delivering an epic own in front of the whole store. 
to this young woman about how only men can truly relate to Kratos and the God of War. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that is ever happening in there. Anytime I've ever walked into a GameStop, for some reason, I'm more uncomfortable there than like literally anywhere else on earth. I mean, it's also GameStop has been one of those places that is like, sadly, like a gathering place for people in certain communities. Like if you're younger and nerdy, like that's the only place there is to hang out because this is the system we live in. Yeah, it seems like a lot of them hang out in uh, racist uh, game lobbies at this point online. That's the other place. So there's, there is, there's yeah. that. <laughs> so you'd almost rather than be at the GameStop. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pro them. I'm pro GameStop now because if you want to be a, a, an edgelord racist weeb, you should have to do it in a physical space where like someone's dad just walking through can, can tell you to shut the fuck up. That's right. <laughs> where we're at now is they started doing this GameStop thing on last Friday the 22nd. They managed to force the price up many multiples of where it started. And we're still going now. We're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. We're still going. And what they've done so far is they have forced one of these hedge funds to have to get a massive infusion of cash to keep them from going under. So one hedge fund already had to get bailed out with $2.75 billion, right? To keep them afloat. That has already occurred tonight. The price is at a price where if it opens tomorrow at, at where it's at right now, one of another one of these is going to go under hedge funds. One of them is just gone. It's fucking dead in the morning. If this is where things start off, this is the bit that like genuinely gets, people on this stuff reddit angry and i fully agree with pretty much everybody in the business press works for hedge funds and ceos so you go on those shows and you fucking convince millions to buy whichever way you need them to buy to help your position out that is normal market manipulation and no one ever fucking has a problem with that right because it's big rich people telling you stupid pores where you should put your money on jim kramer or whatever and then you go do it uh, brett the reason you're mentioning like uh, Jim Cramer in these shows, right, is people are trying to pretend the institutional side and, and the big media companies now uh, are trying to pretend like this is a real moral hazard yeah. that, that people are essentially just buying stocks based on a meme and an emoji. And, you know, th this is terrible for our entire economic system and for them. And we need to go back to trusting hedge fund managers and not Epic Bacon on Reddit or whatever the fuck. Um, which is like you said, pretty rich because today I actually turned on CNBC to just be like, I wonder what coverage it looks like in, in these days. And it was literally like five people, the five different types of people you'd see at a, a Godsmack concert in, in 2021, but wearing like, uh, a suits all, all playing a game called trade it or fade it. <laughs> <laughs> And just, just like a, a shaved head guy with a goatee being like, Tesla, I ain't going to fade it. Rakim. And you're just like, what? Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the shit they do normally. Like all that's considered acceptable. Yeah. Literally, it's like it's people that are like the provost of Cornell finance or some yep. shit showing up and just be like, normally I'd trade it. But girl on this one, GameStop can fade it. And it's not even English. These people don't know what they're saying. They don't believe what they're saying. It's for nobody except, I guess, uh, the institutional investors they represent trying to convince Main Street to go along with whatever momen momentum they're creating. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that's normal market manipulation, convincing people at home to buy a stock in a direction you want them to. 
is is normal and it is market manipulation it happens all the fucking and there's, time and it's, it's what's yeah. really interesting to me on this uh, one the most I, I think the most interesting thing is the way that everyone's freaking out about it um because like a standard again there there's like a standard kind of rule of thumb almost but it's a it is a way of looking at stock market um like how what what are some non-traditional ways you could look at the market and, and how to play it and one of those ways is do exactly the opposite of whatever the people on this forum are doing if there's a bunch of small people that are pumping something up like this the 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 conventional wisdom would be do the opposite of that and it's so funny that in this instance they're not doing they're not saying do the opposite of that. They're like freaking out like it's a threat to the system. Um, and that makes me wonder what if it is actually if if something about the way it's being done is undermining some part of this that I don't understand. Well, it's certainly undermining the the media hegemony. Like I, I went to and really enjoyed uh, like Jim Cramer's uh, live like five-year anniversary <laughs> or whatever the fuck it was on wall street where he was just riffing and throwing out stocks and people were like what do you think about um, uh, bristol myers squib and he's like oh bristol <laughs> and it's like it's very entertaining right but there were the the crowd was a mix of a, a lot of like boat owners that could take time off from their business to fly into new york to watch a, a mad money taping uh but those are the people that you know could afford to go to the live show most people are just you know the average everyday people that they're at Barnes and Noble. They see a book on investing. They pick it up, and now they're on a, a rabbit hole where they genuinely believe that when they tune into CNBC, uh, they're learning something and that they're getting information to make informed decisions. When, like you said, it was the easiest con if you're a hedge fund manager to buy a bunch of stock, call up your buddy Jim, and then go, "Hey, we're going to talk about how this stock is really surprising, and we're going to let Main Street in on it, and then fucking flip it a month later." Yeah, exactly. And now, if there's a, another source of that, it's like these old political shows just getting washed by, like, you know, random bisexual streamers on Twitch who yes. just have better takes, do better shows, are smarter, or more charismatic, or fun. They're just fucking better. Uh, and that's making some of these political shows nervous. It's just the same thing for finance, I would guess. Yeah, we're like six months away from MSNBC getting deeply upset at how popular Hassan is on Twitch now that he's passed a million subscribers. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, it's this is that, but on the financial side. But so if we understand the basics here, which is uh, Reddit managed to find a way to fucking go at hedge funds. They already forced one to have to get a bailout. Another one might, go st might straight up go under by the time this episode goes out, right? If that's the basics, let me give you some very entertaining color here about what's going on. So one, uh, a lot of the financial news is freaking the fuck out. Originally, Friday, they were just like, oh, this is a fun, weird thing. Like, no hedge fund's really going to get caught with their pants down too badly because we'll just all short sell harder to fuck these people, right? We will all go in on the opposite side of this equation to fuck these people harder, and we'll take their money from them. That was the idea, like... They're a bunch of fucking idiots. They won't be able to hold this position. And then, then Reddit spent all fucking weekend, <laughs> all weekend, and I love this, building, basically beating the war drums. The tenor of this subreddit is fascinating to me because it did start off as just like douchey people who fucking are like, I'm playing the stocks, bro. That is not what it is anymore. Like literally every other part of our fucking society and every other part of the internet, every single person in the subreddit is entirely blackpilled. So the the ongoing rhetoric is 
we are entirely fucked. You get nothing from this existence anymore because the rich will rob you blind. The best you can ever hope for is $11 an hour as a, like an assistant manager of a GameStop. So why not throw your $100? You live with your mom anyway. Genuinely, most of them are saying this. They're like, I'm already fucking living with my parents. Who gives a shit anymore? Why not throw my money into the bucket on the off chance I can spit in the face of these fucking hedge funds? Right? Like, this is what they're saying. They're they're out there bang, basically saying, like, it's your chance to fucking kill one of these goddamn people running society and ruining us. Uh, one of the big phrases you get when people talk about stock market investing is like, watch out or you'll lose your shirt, right? Like, you'll go broke entirely. I've seen, like, eight different people say, it's impossible to lose a shirt if I don't fucking own one in the first place. Like, you can't steal from me. I'm already ruined. I am fucked. I have a tiny little bit of money, and all I can do is throw it into a pot to say, fuck you to a hedge fund. And that's what I'm going to do. Maybe I'll lose it all, and that's fine, because fuck you, hedge fund. It's fucking worth it. Like, they are, it is a very unique form of populism that is fucking bringing me so much joy. But, like, there's a whole, they had one in here where uh, somebody was saying, if Wall Street goes from owning 90% of the American economy to only owed, owing 89%, I don't know how I'll sleep at night. <laughs> and somebody said, have you robbed your billionaire today? Like this is, this is, this is the rhetoric of people fucking stock trading, right? It is, it is not a do this and get rich. Now, some of them are hoping to make money, right? Cause it's going well. It's do this and maybe you can pay off a student loan. Maybe you can pay off a student loan and fuck over the people ruining every, every single aspect of our society. Maybe that's what you can get out of this. And so the bit about this that I love best is that if you're if you're zooming out a little, what we've gotten here in the last 10 months is we had a fucking police station burned down in the summer and the people protested and rioted against cops. Then once uh, the liberals and the left basically calmed down in the winter uh, because of Biden and they weren't sure what the fuck to do and maybe we should do force to vote and we're just going to fucking scream about that forever. Uh, to the listener, Brett did a jerk off motion. <laughs> while, while, we're, while we're busy basically... It confused as how to fucking operate with a liberal president who clearly hates all of us, uh, the right wing stormed the Capitol. Whatever you think about that, that is an expression of anger at elites. That's all I, that's all I need. It is an expression of anger at, at people who run our society. And then now we have what is the economic equivalent of burning down a police station. They're not going to destroy uh, all of Wall Street. They're not going to completely overtake the financial system. That's not what's going to happen. But they are making it very fucking clear that it's obvious what Wall Street does on the regular to the point that's predictable. We can sometimes get together enough people who fucking hate you, who are motivated by an animus of fuck Wall Street to get together to ruin some of you and steal some of this money back. It's hard to not be excited about the amount of fucking populist fervor that is popping up in the weirdest places. I see this as like the third in a series of populist outpourings. We get to say the word stochastic. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new word. Everyone learn it. Put That's that right. No, I, I, no I'm, I'm with you. It's a little exciting. It's definitely, uh, it's definitely dramatic. I love the bit where you, you, you said that like, okay, the institution it's like the fucking ending of Gurren Logan, but for fucking investing <laughs> where people start buying up GameStop and the institutions are just like, my God, you lowly life forms have mastered such a vast amount of capital. Well, no worries. I've got, I'll just pour even more money in. And then every Redditor is just like, ah, my position is the position that breaks the heaven. <laughs> <laughs>
They're just building, fucking pushing. They're fucking creating meme YouTubes of like the end of Lord of the Rings, and it's just all them together charging into the mass of fucking <laughs> Sauron's armies. Like, yeah, that's that's the exactly the position of investors taking. who have fallen. All the GameStop employees that have come before. Ah, For my Game Informer <laughs> subscription. Just Serrero days is just playing on on full blast behind them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just on their E-Trade account on loop, just hitting trade, trade, trade. So this is this is like basically unheard of. Nobody's ever fucking managed to get a bunch of retail investors, which is what they call us pores, uh, together to fuck over a hedge fund. Like this is a unique moment in financial trading and in market history. Absolutely nothing they're doing is legal. So yeah, probably at some point the government's gonna get involved to protect them protect institutional investors but the reason why they're freaking out is less that they think like oh you can effectively take down hedge funds and more that one fully exposing the lie that the market's efficient right no one in the subreddit by the way believes that every single person is like it's all bullshit it's all market manipulation right it has no basis on reality you're gambling why don't we just gamble in a way that fucks people we hate the the Business press at large does not like, and the fucking powers that be do not like the fact that it is being exposed just how inefficient the market is. Uh, every aspect of it is fucking bullshit. It has no meaning or connection to anything, right? I've been saying this for a while, but like it, this has actually exposed it more than almost anything for regular people. Yeah, it's weird that Tesla wasn't the trigger, but this somehow is. <laughs> this took them by surprise and you can tell they're comfortable rich people because the reaction is not like, let's just keep our mouth shut and fucking invest hard on the back end and crush them. It's crying on the air that you fuckers would ever dare to mess with us. It's you just like, deigned. Well, that's just encouraging it. That's that's the thing. Is it feels like it feels like they had like they had a slow news day and covered this as like a goof, and then that gave it more momentum than anything else possibly could have. Yeah. Well, partly they got fucked too because people who are not financial press covered it as like this is hilarious. Fuck, fuck these institutional investors. And then business press was like, ah, oh, shit, uh -oh. fuck. Now we actually do have to talk about <laughs> this. Just imagining Jim Jim Cramer with a hole in his belly. Like, this is how the market must be protected at all costs. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one part of this that's like, they're, they're, is very upsetting to them. But the other part is, and I've been saying this for a minute, everything about the market right now is a fucking bubble. Everyone knows it. Everyone within the system knows it. They're just trying to keep it pumped up for long enough that they can make a few more cycles of fucking money off of it. There is a chance if the Reddit people keep doing this, they actually finally burst the market bubble and the whole fucking thing crashes. There is a, there's an actual outside shot that a bunch of Redditors end up crashing the entire market in the next few weeks because of this shit. I mean, this is yet another one of those things where like... You can enjoy it, and you cl clearly are, but it's just like... 100% I mean, it's this is just late Imperial collapse, uh, and if it's going to happen, it is very funny to think that, like, 4chan destroyed government and Reddit destroyed finance. <laughs> yeah, no, that's hysterical. God. This is also one where, like, you can be like, hey, what about regular people? We're all already getting fucked. Everybody's already getting fucking forced out the door and being fired. The market just does not reflect that. The market crashing means the government and the media finally doesn't get to fucking pretend it's not a depression anymore. And it means a bunch of rich people get fucked too. So I am cheering for market collapse because it means a bunch of these hedge funds are going under with it. And the reason why I think that's even a possibility is because as we discovered in 08, uh, you never know what is the thing that finally unravels the bubble. And knocking off one or two hedge funds in a, in a surprise move 
Yeah, that could be the thing. That that would be wild. That would be. <laughs> oh, I I again I can't wrap my head around the concept that Reddit is somehow uh intricately tied up in in a history book lesson about i'm just trying to imagine someone realistically in a history book having to type like r slash wall street bets was where the real crisis began and i I, my my brain can't square that circle right now and and it's terrifying that it might have to i mean your brain should have been used to it from all the uh slash b created donald trump takes the people oh, I've, I've, I've pretended that that's not real i've pretended that they're not going to write about that they'll 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 come up with some other excuse this one they would have nowhere to turn the nice takeaway for me that i can enjoy is it does show that like collective action gets the goods 100 yeah. percent. like it has always been that we are many they are few and <laughs> the every single thing about our government and economy is about uh sowing division and making it so people just can't tolerate let alone trust and collaborate uh with each other just increasingly and and so actually in defiance of the odds even if it's just redditors over an epic meme that uh trolls hedge fund investors who will i'm sure just turn around to fucking citadel and get reliquified and then they'll be back up like it's you're you're fighting a leviathan yeah oh yeah it's Uh, a hydra but it, it, it's value regardless of what happens i think is, is showing people especially young people that oh yeah if you actually use technology to coordinate and and not just uh constantly find someone to to quote tweet and call them the most obscure form of prejudice that you can think of and like yeah maybe there's some small amount of hope there we use this for things other than memes i know people get real depressed about like Everything is bad, and it seems like Americans are just taking it, right? We're just happy to get screwed by our government. But looking around, we're in the moment when people in basically all walks of life have completely adopted the Occupy Wall Street terminology of, like, it's the 1% against the rest of us. You're welcome. <laughs> like, that's genuinely what's occurring. They talk about the 1% constantly on the sub forum. Like, for all that people want to say, like, there's no class consciousness, that is what is occurring right now. It's just a fucking outpouring of people recognizing that they're not the people who get to succeed in society. The vast majority of us don't get to succeed while the billionaires got ever richer this year and the government abandoned you. And it's, it is a, a reckoning across all the various lines of our society and culture. And like, yeah, it's going to be fucking weird because we have a really dysfunctional, fucked up system Right. So like the ways it pops off is going to be bizarre. Like this is a very bizarre way for that to pop off. But we are in the the phase of if it bleeds, we can kill it moment. And everybody's discovering that you can make it bleed. And that's a really interesting thing that I I don't think if you're in a position of power, you're thrilled about because the cops got a police station burned down. The Capitol got stormed and a hedge fund got robbed. Those are all things that, like, you're probably not thrilled if they happen in isolation, but if those three things all happen in the space of a few months, yeah, that's a really fucking bad sign if you're if you're holding power. This is just another one of those moments where I'm reminded back to, what, uh, nine months ago when I was on this <laughs> show and was all sad because nothing was happening and I felt like we were losing the momentum of the pandemic. Just a fun make culpa on my part, guys. I'm real bad at predicting stuff. <laughs> Oh no, the the pandemic's got some real momentum. If you were worried yeah, about that, yeah, no, uh, there's some things. I, I literally, I think like uh, like three weeks after I said that, like that's when George Floyd happened, and then it's just been a constant series of escalations for every moment since then. It feels like I just hope that the 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 left, however you conceive of it, um, and certainly I'm not directing it. 
Uh, so please stop going into my DMs assuming I am. Uh, I, I hope the left figures out some way uh, to engage with sort of this this populist sentiment and make it work or directed and impart some sort of uh, class character. All you you vanguard guys, get out there and you know teach us with all your book book learning very quickly because my fear and there seems to be historical precedent for this everywhere uh is if we have a situation in which we're all serfs where our, our well-being is clearly dictated by basically noblesse oblige right and so you have some people that are just like so happy and they love the king so much for the scraps but if the the rest of us vast unwashed masses are interfacing with the government in a way where we're brought into the castle to to appear at court you know, a, a couple times every few years, and we all have to say the right word and dress in, in the right textiles and, and do the right bow and mind your P's and Q's and have all of the sort of collegiate level social mores on point lest you be humiliated and expelled from the castle. Uh, that is not an appealing political dynamic for most Americans. Nope. That I know my government isn't doing anything for me, but I have to mind my P's and Q's and uh, avoid being uh, shamed for not being up to date on the most woke languages or books while I'm living in my car. Uh, I fear that that sort of energy, if not captured by the left, goes really horrifying places on the right. It could. I mean, it, it, to me, it's more an indication that like, People are finally starting to pay attention to material conditions. So go talk yeah. to them. Maybe stop wasting your time trying to convince somebody to do, uh, trying to convince bureaucrats to do ticky tack shit when they are fundamentally opposed to ever helping you and spend more time talking to all of these people who have adopted Occupy Wall Street language. Yeah, like, it's, it's a very easy sell with like the Occupy language and like, hey, you hate your boss, right? And hey, you, uh, who do you think's fucking you like the the people in charge the elites or the mexican immigrant that fox news fucking tells you about who has no power and is also sleeping in his car like there's a million talking points that when you engage in a way that doesn't sound like liberalism and, and make uh, americans like scream run away or call you a pussy uh people tend to like it Le left politics is fairly popular when polled I just I, I hope someone gets to uh, this massive energy soon, because if there's another version that says just be a self-centered asshole uh, and then take it out stochastically on anyone you perceive as above you, the target of people that they think are above them could look you know, a lot more like mm -hmm. fascist re regimes we've seen in the past, including a lot of groups that definitely don't have power but are perceived by a right wing ideology as, as lording over them. Yeah, it's scary. It's exciting, but like it's also scary. This shit's incredibly exciting. There's clearly a lot of energy there. I don't think you can really keep making the excuses the left has been making for a while that like Americans are little piggies and they just love this shit because they are telling you and the ways that are available to them, because again, we don't have the language mostly to talk about this shit, but they're telling you in the ways that they can, that they fucking hate this and they're really fucking angry about it. And they would like to spike the people who are fucking them. So, like, maybe we should talk to those people about that. Hey, Amen. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Um, show is at Dumb Awful Show on Twitter. 
Uh, I'm Brett at Real Wellness Board. We had Rob at Dumb and Awful, and we had Nathan from at Mark's Madness Pod, which you should check out. He also did the books episode with us that's on Patreon, um, which you should sign up for the Patreon while we're talking about it. Um, you can get that episode and a bunch of other back episodes. We also do pay our guests, so that's the other thing you're supporting when you support our Patreon. Something to consider. But yeah, check that out and definitely check out Mark's Madness Pod. They do great work. What are you guys reading right now, Nathan? Uh, for, again, the foreseeable ever of future, we are reading <laughs> Black Reconstruction in America, um, a book that just keeps being super relevant every single page of it we read. So we kind of are uh, resigned to the fact that it'll take us two years to read the whole thing. But it's it's gosh darn it. It's a really good book. That's all I can say. It's a really good book. And if you want to you know, respond to or talk about uh, episodes of you know Mark's Madness or this one, or, or you have questions about the books, there is a Mark's Madness uh, Discord where you know fans of both shows and people that follow along are in there, basically chatting all, all day and night about you know politics, books, and all sorts of stuff. So highly recommend. Good community, uh, well-run community, uh, worth checking out. Absolutely, that's right. And is that everything? Uh, I guess you could leave a review on on iTunes. That's always good for the algorithm. Yeah, we would appreciate that. Uh, you don't have to actually write anything that is coherent. Just yeah, people love giving the five stars and and then riffing. Yeah. So uh, I, <laughs> I have a buffalo chicken uh, recipe in my in my iTunes reviews right now that I've got to try. Hell yeah! Our thing is that we go through phases where there's like dumb and awful in jokes, as you know, and so as you read through the comments, like. There's just these weird turns where for like a month everyone is talking about like like jopping or Estonians or or bread or it's always something. <laughs> I love it. Keep keep up the nonsensical reviews. They are great. It must be absolutely opaque to someone actually trying to look at reviews and figure out if they <laughs> should try something. I'd like to keep that up, please. <laughs> High barrier to entry. Thank you. It brings me a smile every time I see that. So thank you all. But yeah, thanks for listening, y'all. Uh, thanks, Nathan, for being on. Absolutely. Thanks, guys, for having me.